evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network YouTube channel. As always, I'm Bryson Carver. Very, very excited to be here on this Monday night. Tons of NFL to get into and some college football predictions for the national title game tonight between the Michigan Wolverines and the Washington Huskies. The last two undefeateds left in college football square off in about an hour and a half in Houston, Texas. Houston, you've got a national champion tonight. Uh, prob probably let's, we're going to Central Time, around 10 p.m. East, or Central Standard Time in Houston. Very excited about that tonight, but tons of NFL to get into. And I will have to admit, Packers fans uh, might have been wrong about your quarterback. Might have been wrong about your quarterback. Well, Jordan Love looked pretty good. And he's looked pretty good for a while now. And I've actually got a comparison of Jordan Love to another great quarterback that Packers fans, you guys are going to enjoy at about a half hour from now. Very excited to get into that. Also, Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, the free fall continues. You know, who could have called that like a eh, month ago? Who could have seen this coming? My man Barry saw it before that, but I saw it about a month ago. I'll get into that in about 45 minutes and why there needs to be a big, big change if they go one and done to the playoffs and lose to the offensively struggling Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Congrats to Tampa Bay winning their division, by the way. Also going to get into the rest of Week 18 NFL action. Very excited to get into uh, things regarding Bill Belichick, and obviously this tends to be a down day in the NFL. It is Black Monday after all. A lot of firings. Ron Rivera in Washington and Arthur Smith in Atlanta. So, uh, yeah, so some down stuff. Also, I'll touch on Trevor Lawrence. And if I'm the last human being on the face of God's green earth to defend Trevor Lawrence, then I'll be that I'll be that guy and I'll play that role. Also, 15 minutes from now, Dak Prescott has the Cowboys in the best spot that they've been in since they last won the Super Bowl in 1995, and it's not for the reasons that you think. Very excited to get into that on today's show. Got a comment by Patrick Brown. Happy Monday, happy Monday, Patrick. How about them Cowboys? Well, you know, I'll I'll play the Jimmy jo uh, Johnson sound by a little later. I'll save that for a little later. In the show. But first, look, somebody else I was wrong on is the Buffalo Bills. I predicted before the season, I thought they go 9-8. and eight. I thought they missed the playoffs. Um, I felt like Josh Allen had been in a clear and obvious decline since Brian Dable left to become the head coach of the New York Giants a couple of years ago. Well, clearly Josh Allen has not been... The Josh Allen, or at least, at least the clearly declining Josh Allen that I thought it'd be, he hasn't been particularly mind-blowing. I'll get to that in a little bit, uh, little bit later in the segment. But... The Bills made the playoffs. Not only did they win the playoffs, they won the brutal AFC East. Not only did they win the brutal AFC East, but they got the two seed in the conference and are guaranteed at least two home playoff games, which going to Buffalo, Bills Mafia, it's my favorite fan base of sports, including Dub Nation, including Red Sox Nation, Steelers Nation, Ball Nation, everybody. Bills Mafia is my favorite fan base. For, so if y'all jump, y'all Bills fans jump on me, I love y'all. I think you're the best fan base of sports, honest to God. Been saying that for quite some time. But going to Buffalo in that weather, you know, in that fan base, they're, they're a really, really hard team to beat. Uh, to my knowledge, Josh Allen, aside from the Joe Burrow game last year, has not lost a home playoff game. So they're a hard team to beat in that regard. And they go into the playoffs hot, winning their last five in a row, going to Arrowhead and beating Kansas City, playing a red-hot Dallas team and holding them to only 10 points while rushing for over 200 yards. Then they barely survive Easton Stick and the Chargers, but they won. Then they barely survive Bailey Zappi and the Patriots, who scored three points against the Jets yesterday, but they won. And then yesterday, I get to be at Miami Dolphins team, which, hey, listen, I'm not going to act like the sit up here and act like I didn't pick Miami to win the game on Friday's show. I picked them, and I was wrong, clearly. Uh, here's the thing, though, and this is why I maintain what I said on Friday's show, though. I said, regardless of the Bills win, and this is before I made my, uh, my, my prediction, I said, regardless of the Bills win, that ain't a Super Bowl contender. 
Don't care what anybody says. That ain't a contender. Baltimore's the clear favorite. That's not arguable. Uh, best roster in the conference. Uh, well, obviously, one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, probably in my view. Number three, only behind Mahomes and Burrow. Lamar's having a fantastic year, probably the MVP of the league. John Harbaugh, the whole bit. First round bye. I still believe in the Kansas City Chiefs. Why? Because I believe in dynasties, and I believe that when you have the best quarterback on earth, you can win the Super Bowl. Buffalo has a guy in Josh Allen, sound like Chris Collinsworth. Now, here's a guy. Josh Allen is the type of dude who can look like the best player the league has ever seen someplace and the worst on others. And I think I was watching that game last night, and so often, so, so often, I found myself watching the game and saying this about Josh Allen over and over and over. Are you insane? Good or bad? And we'll actually play the highlight reel and the, in some cases, low light reel. There's so, there were six plays I counted, six, and there were others, but these six in particular that I was like, are you insane, Josh? Here you go. Here's the first play. Do we got it here? Okay, here it is. This is from the goal line. This is the first interception he threw. He's dropping back. Are you insane, Josh? Where are you going with the ball there? Okay, it's intercepting the end zone. Uh, not sure what Josh is doing there. This fourth down and two. I, Josh lost his mind here. Off his back foot. He's got a guy open there. He's got a guy open there. Off his back foot. Flings across the field. Are you insane, Josh? What are you doing? This one right here. Off his back foot. A bomb to Stefan Diggs. Could not have placed the ball any better. Are you insane, Josh? What a throw. It's about as good as it gets. Incredible. Then this next play. End of the half. Over the middle with no timeouts left. Are you insane, Josh? What are you doing? Over the middle, ends up bleeding the clock out. His coach takes a shot at him in the halftime interview. Here's the next one, okay? Are you insane, Josh? You have a defensive lineman take the ball out of your out of your big hands. You're 6'6", 250. What's going on? And then this one, which essentially wrapped up the division. Third and 13, breaks one, two, three, four tackles to get the first down on third down 13. Are you insane, Josh? I'm not sure how many quarterbacks could make that play. Maybe Lamar Jackson, but we know Lamar isn't exactly the physical specimen that Josh is. I think yesterday, last night, you know, more specifically, was the perfect representation of who Josh Allen is. It's the, my God, I've never seen a talent like this before. And then it's the, what is it? What, is it? what, is it? what the hell are you doing? What are you, what, Josh, what? Come on, bro. That's kind of who he's been his whole career. Now, the good news is <laughs> when he's on the good side, you can beat anybody in the NFL. When he's not, you can lose to anybody in the NFL. We've seen them go to Arrowhead and beat Kansas City. We've seen them not beat the Dallas Cowboys, throttle the Dallas Cowboys, which only among good teams, only the Niners have done. We've also seen him lose to Mac Jones and Zach Wilson and barely survive Easton Stick and Bailey Zappi. Up and down, up and down. And I don't want to put this on just Josh. And I want to give the Bills credit for something because I've criticized them for being bad situationally in a lot of their games and a lot of their losses this year. To their credit, by and large, pretty good situationally. Good situationally against Kansas City. Survived, but we're good situationally. Good late against the Chargers. Fine, not great, but fine late situationally against the Patriots. Good situationally last night. Josh picking up third downs and fourth downs with his legs. The defense making a play on Tua. Hats off. And I've been as critical as anybody of Sean McDermott. I still wouldn't at least, I still would at least consider moving on from Sean McDermott for a Ben Johnson, for possibly a Jim Harbaugh. I'd strongly consider it, but I got to give him credit too. Because guess what? 
defense in this five-game winning streak, been pretty darn good. Been pretty darn good. Buffalo against the Kansas City Chiefs. And listen, I know Kansas City's offense has struggled this year, but held them to 17 at home. Held Dallas to 10 on that game in Buffalo. Chargers 22, and eh, Patriots 21, eh. Dolphins, listen, I know Miami's been floundering as of late, no pun intended. That is still Tyree Kill. That is still the, uh, Devon Achan, who's been averaging eight yards a carry. That is still Tua, who's bound for a couple of great throws here and there. Held him to 14 points and scoreless in the second half. I often have a saying about coaches on the, on this show that, and I think, and Colin Cowherd was the first one I ever heard say this, is that when you master your side of the ball, you at least have an argument for me to keep you as a head coach. Sean McDermott's a defensive guy. Bill's defense is pretty good. That's despite losing Matt Milano. That's despite losing Tredavious, losing Tredavious White. They brought they brought in Rasul Douglas from the Packers. He's been excellent. Defensive line, it's hit and miss, but last night got pressure when they absolutely had to. Secondary made plays. You give credit where, where, uh, where it's due. So, listen, I... I, I this is a very good team. This is a team that is and should be favored over my Pittsburgh Steelers. They should win that game. Predictions for that game and the other games on Friday's show, this Friday's show, would I be stunned if my Steelers go into Buffalo and win? No. No, I really wouldn't. And the reason for that is, you say, Bryson, you think the Steelers can outplay the Bills? Nope, I really don't. I think we have a better roster than the Bills, but Mason Rudolph versus Josh Allen's not even close. Not even close. Uh, even McDermott versus Mike Tomlin, that's not particularly close uh, either. We may not have to outplay them and win. They can beat themselves. Now, to their credit, they haven't beaten themselves since that loss to Philly months ago. So, judge them who, for who they are now, sure. But I am also, if we're going to go by that logic, let's judge the quarterback. Let's not just point out the things that we like about him. And listen, I could be guilty of this with the quarterbacks I like. But... If we're going to evaluate a player, evaluate a team, let's evaluate the great parts and the warts. That's how it goes. When you're evaluating a great, uh, a good team like Buffalo, which again, I still don't believe is a Super Bowl contender. I don't think they'll beat Kansas City. I'll stake a lot of money on that if I had to. Again, if I were a betting man, that is what the segment is called every Friday night. I dang sure don't have them going, going to Baltimore winning. Are you kidding me? A team Baltimore clapped by 30 plus? Buffalo went on the road, survived by seven. Now, divisional rivalry, you have that component onto as well. But as I always say about contenders, or about, you know, if you ask yourself a question, is this team a contender or not? My response is, do you have more questions than you do answers about them? The one thing I will say that I have a definitive answer on with the Buffalo Bills, this five-game winning streak, especially since they replaced uh, Joe Brady, I'm sorry, um, um, Ken Dorsey with Joe Brady, who remember Joe Brady was with Joe Burrow back at LSU when Burrow had that, remarkable year in 2019. He's Josh Allen's OC now. They've run the football incredibly effectively. If we look at the five-game winning streak against Kansas City, uh, played the Chiefs, ran for a buck 18 against Dallas at home. The Buffalo Bills ran for 266 yards. Kind of hard to believe. Then they went to LA, played the Chargers. Not uh, an overall great rushing performance, but a buck of five and two touchdowns. That'll get the job done. Played the Patriots at home, ran for a buck 27. Last night against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, ran for 128 yards. Josh Allen, to his credit, ran for 67 of those. So props to them. That I know I'm going to be getting that again when the Buffalo Bills play my Steelers and if they go further than that. I know I'm going to get it from James Cook. I know I'm going to get Josh Allen's legs. But you're also going to get the reckless plays. And I'm willing to live with the reckless plays. I am, if you're able to make up for them. Last night, 
Josh Allen sure as heck made up for him. But you can't count on that every single game. That's my concern with Buffalo. Um, they're a worthy two seed. Again, I don't think they're better than Kansas City, but they're a worthy two seed. But I would not be shocked in the slightest if they lose the Pittsburgh Steelers, or even if it's dicey late. Remember last year, Buffalo hosted Miami, quarterbacked by Skylar Thompson, and Miami's a warm weather team. Okay, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's used to playing cold weather. AFC North, you kidding me? But Pittsburgh's that's Pittsburgh's used to that. I'm not concerned about the weather for my Steelers. Miami, two a down. I think Teddy Bridgewater at that point, I forget if he was their backup then. He was down. Rookie seventh rounder Skylar Thompson steps in. The Dolphins scored 35 points. I'm just saying, there's, there's a possibility of this. But nonetheless, shout out to the Bills. I'm not, I'm not going to act like, oh, they got lucky. No, 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 no. Outplayed Kansas City. Outplayed Dallas. Barely survived the Chargers and the Patriots. But guess what they did? They won the game. And then they beat the division rival Miami Dolphins. So hats off to them. Uh, I just have concerns about whether or not this is sustainable. Not the running game. Running game sustainable. Josh Allen having to save the day after digging him themselves the hole. I wonder if that's sustainable. Especially against defenses like Kansas City and Baltimore. And Pittsburgh, frankly. Now, Pittsburgh with that TJ Watt, uh, different story. It's a little bit of a concern. But aside from that, they're in pretty good shape. Um, So we'll see. I mean, Alex Highsmith uh, to come to come through. See, see, here you go, Guido. There you go, Mike Guido. Buffalo's own very own Kobe. This is just this is blasphemy. And and for those of you who don't know, Mike Guido, who I think is one of the smartest individuals in all of sports media, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, Mike Guido put in our our Grid Network group chat. And we of course we have a group chat. We're we're all buddies. We're all friends. He says uh, Josh Allen is is the NFL's version of Kobe Bryant. And I'm like, I don't even want to, I don't even feel like speaking to you right now. And he basically, his case was, hey, you know, Kobe took some bad shots, but sometimes those bad shots went in. Like basically, Kobe was a risk taker. Sometimes it'd pay off. Sometimes it would go down the dumpster. And that's Josh Allen. I'd more say Josh Allen's more like Westbrook because Kobe, the one thing I said about Kobe, or the, that you can't, uh, could say about Kobe, especially in relation to Josh Allen, rarely did Kobe take shots that he wasn't comfortable taking. Sometimes I see Josh making throws. I'm like, bro, do you even practice this? Like Mahomes' um, pull pull the rabbit out of the hat place, so to speak, the no looks. Man, I see him practice that stuff. You, you see the the tape from Kansas City practice. You, you see Mahomes working on that stuff. Josh, I'm like, I mean, the, the, the throw off is, uh, you know, we can pull up the tape again after this first uh, mistake, this first pick. Uh, I'm Only the reason I'm playing this is just to get to the second pick on fourth down. Hang on, there's the first one. Bring it back here. Hang on. Okay, this play right here, fourth down and two. There's no way on our Josh Allen practices, and he had two receivers open on that play. Ignore both. Tried to be Superman, falling out of bounds. Like, bro, what are you doing? I don't know. It's, it, it's odd. Uh, Mike Guido, one day I'll fully elaborate on your show. LOL. Perhaps even tomorrow on the 8 o'clock spot. Well, listen, 8 o'clock spot, for those you don't know, the Grid Network's game show tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Guido, oh, whoops, I <laughs> messed up the camera for a second there. Oops, I'm getting so excited. But, uh, no, Mike Guido is our points leader, and he's he's been he's been doing well as of late. Uh, won last week. And, listen, Mike, Mike's going to – hopefully can get Mike on the show. I was trying to get a bunch of guests on uh, Super Bowl week or the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, so maybe, Mike, we can, we can make that happen. But, listen. That's that's a that's a wild comparison. That's a well again. Prime Westbrook is the better comparison. Come on now, Kobe. 
Crazy. Absolutely crazy. John John always says the king is in the building. I appreciate that. If you're talking about me, if you're talking about you, I agree. Uh, if you're talking about me, I appreciate that, John Rivera. Fan Perspective Podcast, check their stuff out. They just, I think they just surpassed like a, y'all surpassed like a million views on YouTube or something. So shout out to y'all, man. Y'all are putting the work in and, and dominating the podcast space right now. So shout out to the to John John and Henny Dre of the Fan Perspective Podcast anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Great, great stuff. Uh, so yeah, listen, props to the Bills. I'm not going to sit up here and hate them for making the playoffs because guess what? I didn't think they'd make it, and they did. And won two more games than I thought they would. And won the division. Like, props where it's due. You, you got to give love where it's due. I just cannot trust their quarterback as far as I can throw him. Sir, if I could trust Josh as far as he could throw the ball, then I trust him a lot because he's got the best arm in the league. Uh, but that uh, that is unfortunately not the case uh, with Josh and the Buffalo Bills. But uh, there you go. Okay. Transitioning now to the Dallas Cowboys. As a matter of fact, as we transition to Dallas, I'll put the Steelers hat on a little later when I discuss Pittsburgh going over week 18. Let's get the... Let's get the number four hat on right here because, you know, it's been it's been since, gosh, it's been since the Philly game since I've done this. Uh, all the way back in week 14, so four weeks ago. And I've, I've missed doing it. I've missed it. You know his name. Say it loud and do me a, do me a favor and please say it proud. Rain Dakota Prescott! Completed the greatest season of his career. And the best season, statistic, statistical-wise, stats-wise, of any quarterback in the NFL this season. Dak Prescott, just for the record, yesterday, gets the Washington Commanders. A team, by the way, in Washington who Dak has two losses in his career against. His entire career, going back to 2016. Dak, 31-36, 279 yards. Not one, not two, not three, not... Actually, right at four. Four touchdowns on the day. A pass rating of 124 and a QBR 0 to 100 of 94.6. Simply put, Dak was nothing short of phenomenal. And here's a stat I saw from, I believe it was Pro Football Focus, if I could pull it up. No, this is from Ed Werder of ESPN. He pulled this up. He covers the Cowboys. I appreciate him for putting this out there. Shout out to Ed Werder. This stat is kind of unbelievable, okay? Dak completed 31 of 36 passes, which amounts to 86%, an 86.1% completion. That is now his fourth game with at least an 80% completion percentage this season. He is the first quarterback in NFL history with four games in a season with a completion percentage of 80 or higher with a minimum of 30 attempts. So, translation, Dak's been the most accurate quarterback in football this year. Four games with an 80% completion percentage. And since that San Francisco game, he's been incredible. But even if you... Bake in the San Francisco game. Bake in the Buffalo game. Bake in all the bad ones, all the great ones, and all the in-between ones. What you got from Dak Prescott was nothing short of spectacular. There's no other way of putting it. Second in the NFL this season in touchdown-to-interception ratio, 4-1. to one. Third in yards at a little over 4,500 yards. Second in the NFL in QBR at 72.6. Second in the NFL in pass rating at 1059 Number one in the NFL in completion percentage, 69.8. And number one in TD passes at 36. That is Rain Dakota Prescott. This is who he's been. You're just seeing a greater version of that, in large part because you now have an, a play caller, Mike McCarthy, who allows Dak to be at his best. Whether or not Mike McCarthy gets the vote of confidence from Jerry Jones, and that's been a topic of conversation today, given Jerry's recent um, appearance on the on the radio come to know and not love that so much, but it is what it is with Jerry. Got to give Mike McCarthy a crap ton of credit. 
if that's even a term, uh, for how he's allowed Dak to be his best. You have to give CeeDee Lamb a ton of credit, who stack up his numbers, go look at his numbers, and go look at Tyreek's numbers. Tyreek beats CeeDee Lamb across the board, but not by near as much as you think. Like, CeeDee Lamb, I think, is... CD and Dak, for that matter, have all but assuredly, I would think at least, locked themselves up in fir- the first-team All-Pro category. They've both been spectacular. They, they are the best quarterback-wide receiving tandem in all football this year. And simply put, this is the Cowboys' best, sh- the best chance to win a Super Bowl since 1995. Now, some of you may know they were my prediction going into the season to win the NFC, and I predicted them to, to lose to the defending champion Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and I still feel relatively confident about that pick. But... You're asking, why, Bryson, do you think this is the best shot since they last won it in the mid-90s? Is it because they have, it's their best team? Absolutely not. This is nowhere near their best team since 1995. 07, to me, 07 was the best team. Okay, you had Romo, you had God rest his soul, Marion Barber. You had T.O., you had uh, the offensive line. You had Jason Witten in his prime. You had a great defense, DeMarcus Ware, the whole bit. Wade Phillips coaching the team. Now, they went one and done to the to the New York Giants of 07, who ended up beating the undefeated Patriots that year. That was the best Cowboys team in that in, in that run it's, it's since 1995. An argument could be made for 2014, DeMarco Murray having that great season. 2016, you could make a case. Defense was solid. O-line was amazing. Dak's rookie year, prime Zeke Elliott. There's plenty of years you can throw out there and say, hey, that was the year. Heck, I think, honest to God, I think the 2021 roster was better than this one. Dead serious. O-line was better and, and, and younger and healthier. You had Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, uh, Michael Gallup closer to his prime before the ACL. Uh, a defense with, with Micah Parsons, Dan Quinn. That was his first year there. Like that was, a, that was a darn good Cowboys team in 2021. I don't think any of those are as good as this team. As I've said for weeks now, that offense in Dallas runs through two guys. Guy wears number four, Rain Dakota Prescott. Guy wears number eight, CeeDee Lamb. That's it. Now, if you're a Cowboys fan, you have to feel pretty good about the fact that I get it's Washington, but at the same time, Tony Pollard had easily his, uh, or not, I should say easily, one of his better games of the year, 70 yards on 17 carries. That's four yards a clip, uh, 4.1 yards a clip to be exact, and they had 131 yards on the ground. That hasn't really been Dallas's bread and butter this year. It's kind of been rely on the arm of Dak, rely on CD to make plays, and the other guys, Brandon Cooks, Jalen Tolbert, Jake Ferguson, et cetera, to follow. But this is Dallas's best shot. Because when you have a quarterback playing at the level that Dak Prescott is, he can overcome the warts. He can overcome the deficiencies uh, on this football team, which, frankly, he's done since the day he stepped into Dallas for the majority of those years, say for 2016 and 2021. He's covered for those uh, for those warts. And take 2017 out because I didn't think, I didn't think Dak was, was very good that year. Great quarterbacks do this. It's very Joe Burrow-esque. You know, the O-line in Cincinnati was nothing short of garbage in Cincinnati. Receivers were good. Running back was good. But the defense was kind of hit and miss. Didn't trust the coach that much. O-line wasn't very good. And he got him to the Super Bowl. Beat Mahomes in getting to that game. Now, the O-line in Dallas is not near as bad as it was in, in Cincinnati two years ago. But kind of up and down. You're dealing with backups. Backup guards are in. Now, you hope you can get Zach Martin back from injury because he's the anchor of that offensive line. Tyron Smith hasn't looked the same since he come back. But what we can say about Dallas is that the receiving core is pretty bad outside of CeeDee Lamb. And I've been saying that for weeks. And I maintain my pick because Dak's there, because CeeDee Lamb is there. When you have a complete, uh, sorry, completion. When you have a, a tandem that lethal, you could expose any defense in the NFL. Whether it's Philly, who who doesn't expose Philly's defense these days. Uh, Detroit, who could be had defensively. Heck, even San Francisco. You say, Bryson, they lost 42-10 to 10 to San Francisco. What the heck are you talking about? 
Different Cowboys team, different Dak, different CeeDee Lamb, and different Mike McCarthy, if we're being honest. Mike kind of changed the offense during the bye. Dak, adjust, no, Dak didn't just adjust to it. Plays into Dak's strengths. He loves extending plays. He loves getting outside the pocket. In that way, he's kind of a, don't, don't get on me for this, but a kind of a poor man's Aaron Rodgers in that regard. Aaron is often at his best off script. Argument can be, can be made that the same could be said about Dak. Aaron, in some cases, had to do it by necessity. So does Dak. Because guys can't get open right off the bat, like they can in San Francisco, like they can in Baltimore, like they can in – well, they, they get open in Kansas City. They just can't catch a pass to save their lives. Do I trust the defense that much? Moderately, yes. I do think Stephon Gilmore is incredibly important. Deron Bland leading the league in picks. Micah Parsons is still a monster, over 100 pressures this season. And Dan Quinn is obviously a brilliant defensive coordinator. But they can be had. They can be, they can run, you, you can run the football on the Dallas Cowboys. There's no question about that. Buffalo did. Arizona did. Niners did. Philadelphia did. Miami did. You can run on Dallas. But offensively, if the season comes down to number four, which it's, listen, it's the playoffs. It's going to come down to the quarterbacks that I've got full faith and trust that he's going to go out there and get it done. And something I love too about Dak. And this is, we hear, how do I say this? We often hear about the going into the playoffs, whatever the sport is, whether it's the NFL, NBA, regardless about how, you know, we don't hear the noise and, you know, we're not satisfied. What's his name? Marcus Peters had the, the great quotes, one of my favorite quotes ever, where he said, uh, I think we ain't done yet. Dak Prescott, after the win against Washington, we, we, we don't have the video, we do have the sound, though, was not wearing a divisional hat, and Aaron Andrews of Fox seemed perplexed about it. This was Dak's response. It's the hat. Uh, I want something bigger than that. All right, we got it. All right, and I know that. Just looking back, and you guys getting the division, and now the two-seed, and more importantly, the home games in the playoffs. What has this year meant to y'all? Uh, this is huge. It's been a, been a great year. Um, obviously, as you said, battled the – the last four games finished the right way. Um, and then just getting to go back, have the playoffs being AT&T. Um, it's a huge, great to win the division. Proud of these guys, proud of this guy. Um, awesome year, but, but we're not, we're damn sure not done. There you go. Not done. Dak Prescott will not win MVP. And frankly, as the biggest Dak fan on earth, if, if I had an MVP vote, it would still go to Lamar Jackson. I don't want to get caught in recency bias. But he's no doubt the number two. Lost my mic there for a second. My bad. My bad. I don't know. Somebody trying to quiet me down right here. Um, Dak has been undeniably the second best quarterback in the league this season. He's by a country mile the best quarterback in the NFC. Who are you taking over Dak? Purdy? Goff? Hurts? Even Love's. I'm about to talk about Jordan Love in just a second. Love's been excellent. He ain't Dak. He's got, he's, he's got a lot better receivers than Dak has as a group. Better running back tandem. Better running game. Best quarterback in the NFC will lead the Cowboys to the NFC title. Not title game. NFC title. I mean, it's something I'll, I'll do segments about this in the future. Maybe in this week. That the whole, oh, Dak comes up small in the playoffs. He can't win the big game. Take the two Niners games out and then check his numbers. Listen, San Francisco's had his number. I fully acknowledge that. Take the two Niners games out. Dak's been excellent. He's had multiple games. The pass rating over 100. He's either made the, the game-winning play like against uh, Seattle or multiple game-winning plays against Tampa Bay. He dueled Aaron Rodgers, went back and forth with Aaron in his prime, by the way, in Aaron's prime. 
Uh, he had the Cowboys in position to beat the Los Angeles Rams, who made the Super Bowl that year. It's just his defense was horrendous that day. Take the two Niners games out. Dak's a pretty good playoff quarterback. Like I hear often from folks like Dex, Dex's good. He's just having a great year. No, 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 no. He's a great player, a great quarterback, a top five quarterback, having an awesome year. That is the difference. By the way, again, can I continue to beat this down with one reliable receiver? That's it. And by the way, CD's in a class of his own. An argument can be made. It's between CD and Tyreek is the best in the sport. Like, CD's been that great this year. He was, he was incredible last year. He's gone to a different level in 2023. And then it's Brandon Cooks on his last leg. Jalen Tolbert, not terribly reliable. Jake Ferguson, who I like. But if your season comes down to Jake Ferguson, I'm a bit on the concerned side. Michael Gallup, who's washed. And Tony Pollard, who's a number two running back. And Dak took that team to the two seed in the NFC and was the best quarterback in the league this season. Now, best quarterback and most valuable player, I think, are two different conversations. That's why I got Lamar as the MVP. Because what Lamar did, especially against the competition he did it against, was crazy. But this guy right here, Rain Dakota Prescott. Oh. <laughs> if you're a fan of an AFC team, of which I am, thank your lucky stars you don't have to run into this dude. Because he's about to wreak havoc. Starting with you, Green Bay. Starting with you. Oh, starting on the cheeseheads. I cannot wait. Rain Dakota Prescott. The best quarterback in the NFC and one of the five best in the NFL. Comment here by Patrick. He's a, who's a big Cowboys fan. Dallas is is Dak Dakin. Dallas is Dakin for for granted. Huh. Uh, best season of his career and got us to the two seed. Yeah. That, thank you. Uh, in spite of bad clock management, Micah talking on his podcast, one reliable receiver. And he's still weathered the, weathered the storm. Like that's, and that, by the way, he's weathered the storm for a long time. He weathered the storm a year ago and everybody got caught up about the interceptions. I think this is really funny, by the way. And, and full disclosure, full disclosure. I'll get into Philly later. Full disclosure. I'm not, buy, I'm not selling an ounce of stock in Jalen Hurts. Love Jalen. Saw that man go throw for throw with Patrick Mahomes in the freaking Super Bowl. Love that kid. I was skeptical about him first. I'm not selling stock the way everybody else is today. But I think this is very funny. And Marcus Mosher, I believe, is the guy on Twitter pointed this out. Dak and Jalen's numbers. Sorry. Dak's numbers last year and Jalen's this year. Identical. 23 touchdown passes, 15 picks. And by the way, Dak did do that in less games than Jalen Hurts. I fully acknowledge that. Um, But I think it's quite uh, quite hilarious in my humble estimation. That Dak, who had a hurt thumb last year, led the league in picks, came in second in his division, and everybody wanted to move on from Dak. And Jalen does it. Well, he just needs a better play caller. Which, by the way, he does need a better play caller. I absolutely agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. But didn't Dak as well? You, know, you knew Kellen Moore was bad. When Dak had the season he had without Kellen, you know Kellen was worse. Or I should put it this way. Kellen was awful. The fact that the Chargers fired Brandon Staley midseason and did not promote Kellen Moore to be their interim head coach. That told you everything you needed to know. 
Because a lot of folks around the NFL like, oh, boy, genius. He's the, he's, he's, he's the guy in waiting in Los Angeles. They move on from Staley. Now they promoted some, some positional coach. Didn't promote Kellen Moore. What did that tell you? Funny. It seems like, it like I've been saying this for like two years. Huh, funny. So Could have called this from a mile away. Could have seen this from a mile away. It's not the best Cowboys team since 1995. It's frankly not close. But it is the best quarterback play they've had since 1995. And in a quarterback's league, you can win a Super Bowl that way. Dallas in good shape. Getting that 2C was critical. Getting that 2C was critical. More on Philadelphia later. I did want to talk about Green Bay, though. I did want to talk about the Green Bay Packers. And, uh, ah, man. This is kind of a tough one because I, I, I there's not a whole lot of love lost between me and and the cheeseheads of America and the world. I understand that. I, I haven't been terribly – I haven't said the nicest things about the Packers in the past. But what I can't acknowledge is the facts. What I can't acknowledge are, is, is what my eyes are telling me is that Jordan Love has proven me dead wrong. Packers got their guy. And what what Green Bay has done is un we've never seen anything like it ever. Hall of Fame Brett Favre, Hall of Fame Aaron Rodgers, now Jordan Love. The only the only thing similar to it is the San Francisco 49ers. Hall of Fame Joe Montana, Hall of Fame Steve Young, and then Jeff Garcia who remember Jeff Garcia was pretty darn good quarterback. I think Jordan Love might end up be better than than Garcia, which would then basically make this unprecedented. So Packers fans, and my sister, as some of you may know, happens to be a Packers fan. She she won this one. She she did. Uh, give give props where it's due. Jordan loves the guy. Now the whole, do you believe in love? I'm not going to say I the whole, uh, I'm not going to get up here and, and sing like Cher. Do you believe in love? Do I believe in love? Uh, l- listen, I believe love is the franchise quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Let's put it that way. Do I think he's going to equal what Aaron or Favre did? Let's, let's not get too ahead of our skis. But... He's accurate. He's got a good arm. Decision-making is really good. And something that I criticized Jordan Love for early in the season, I remember saying this. Uh, this might have been after the either the Lions game or the Raiders game or both. This is early in the season. These were two primetime losses for Green Bay. And I remember coming out this the next day on the show and saying, he doesn't look comfortable in the pocket. It doesn't have a good sense of awareness. That Now he looks like he's just sitting in a rocking chair just... Yeah, just kind of got his leg kicked up and just throwing darts out there to, to Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson and company. And Green Bay has that one kid. I forget his name. Um, shoot, let me look at the box score real quick. I'm forgetting his name. Um, shoot. Wicks. Yeah, um, Dontavian Wicks. Like that kid a lot. I think Green Bay uses him very well. And you give props to Matt LaFleur, who I still don't really trust. But you give props to Matt LaFleur in that regard. And Green Bay's defense against Chicago yesterday, I picked the Bears. Listen, I picked the Bears on Friday's show. Part of the reason I did, because Green Bay's defense isn't very good. And I still don't think they're very good, but they played well yesterday. Now, some of that was Justin Fields, indecisiveness, bad decision-making. But ultimately, Green Bay's defense was able to, to come through and, and get the job done in that regard. So you give them credit. Green Bay is going to go to Dallas on Sunday, probably get the doors blown off of them. And they should leave that game feeling amazing. I had this team at 6-11. Some had them getting to the playoffs, but... Would Jordan Love be the reason he got there? 
Folks, name me the number one reason the Green Bay Packers are in the playoffs, and I tell you it's Jordan Love. Honest to God. Jordan Love with a close second being the running game. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, they got that other kid who's a pretty good player. Green Bay develops running games really well. Uh, under Matt LaFleur, I'll give him props there, and Green Bay has always had great offensive lines. Uh, for, for I mean, with with Love, with Rodgers, with Favre, like they've always, always been able to protect the quarterback at a very high level, and you give them props for that. But I was thinking about this, and I was like, hmm. So Jordan Love had a really good year, and I'm, I, matter of fact, a great year. Jordan Love's second in the league touchdown passes to Dak. Like, he had a far exceeded my expectations. And I was wrong about this on Packers fans. But I was thinking, hmm, let's stack Jordan Love, his season, to another great quarterback season. Let's let's look at this real quick, okay? So you see the question marks right there. I'll read this off of the podcast audience uh, for those that are listening on audio. But there's the numbers right there, okay? Those are two quarterbacks, two great quarterbacks. We all acknowledge, I don't know if we'll acknowledge Love is great after one year, but Love had a great season. There's Love's numbers. 32 touchdowns, 11 picks, 4,100 yards, 64.2% completion, 96.1 pass rating, 62 QBR, 7.2 yards per attempt, and he had a 7, I'm sorry, a 9-8 and eight record this year. Across the board, those numbers, except for completion percentage, which the guy on the right won barely, Jordan Love is better in every single statistical category. Jordan Love is the quarterback on the left. You want to know who the one on the right is? Ooh. Ooh, that, ooh, yikes. Aaron Rodgers last season. With the same coach, same offensive line, same wideouts aside from Lazard and Cobb, same defense. Matter of fact, better defense last year than they were this year. And Love beats him across the board. Interesting. Let's put that back up. Or let's put that back up, okay? Love is way better this year than Rodgers was last year in terms of touchdown passes. Turned the ball over less. Had way more passing yards. Rodgers beat him in completion percentage, but again, 64.6 to 64.2, barely. Love beat him in passer rating by five points. Beat him QBR by 21 points. Beat him in yards per attempt. And went 9-8 and eight to Aaron's 8-9. and nine. And what makes it even better is that both Love and Rodgers entering Week 18 were in the exact same position. Identical situations. 8-8 eight and eight coming in. Control your own destiny. Win, and you're in the playoffs. Jordan Love against the Chicago Bears. A defense have been kind of balling as of late. 27-32, 316, two touchdown passes, and a pass rating of 128. So Jordan Love, nothing short of excellence. He balled out against the Chicago Bears yesterday. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, it wasn't so uh, wasn't quite as impressive. Uh, if we are all being honest with ourselves, Aaron Rodgers against a terrible Detroit Lions defense, seventeen of twenty-seven, two of five, a touchdown, a pick, which essentially cost him the game, and a pass rating forty-five points less than Love at eighty-three. Now, part of the reason I say that is because Aaron caused the Packers nothing short of, or gave, gave the Packers nothing short of headaches for the last three, four years of his Green Bay tenure. Hear any noise or buzz coming out of Green Bay, Wisconsin this season? Other than injury reports or 
the occasional soundbite we'd play on the show from a Jordan Love or from a Matt LaFleur or from a veteran Packer player, which there's not that many veterans. The Packers are a very, I think they're the youngest team to ever make the playoffs. I could be wrong with that, but I think I seemed like I saw that yesterday. They're a very young team with a very bright future. Aaron, on the other hand, in, in New York with the Jets, did not play but four snaps this year, and yet we talked about Aaron as much as we talked about Dak and Purdy and, and Mahomes, Josh Allen, all the great ones. Aaron had the audacity. This is his quote from his in-season press conference today. This is a real quote from Aaron Rodgers. Quote, the bull, you know what, that has nothing to do with winning needs to get out of the building. Funny, seems like everybody important in New York is there because of you, Aaron. Sal is still there because of Aaron, and so is Joe Douglas, and so is... Nat Hackett and Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and Adrian Amos on the defense and Tim Boyle, who shouldn't be in the NFL. I don't know. Found that interesting. Love was in a winner-go-home situation week 18. Couldn't have played better. Aaron was in a winner-go-home situation and was a game manager who, when asked to get the job done, was nothing short of abysmal in the fourth quarter, and that's who the Jets are hinging their... Super Bowl hopes upon. Who I feel bad for in all this? Jets fans. That they have to put up with this nonsense. Jets organization? You made your bed. Lie in it. The one thing I've always... I've been, listen, I, people may perceive me as a Packers hater. One thing I've always said about Green Bay. Well-run franchise. Well-run franchise. I, I can't sit up here and act like the Packers are like the Panthers. And have a... Which they don't have an owner at all. But the, the Panthers owner, David Tepper, throwing drinks on fans... Packers owners, or not, sorry, they don't have an owner. Packers front office, Brian Gutekunst, uh, Matt LaFleur, who I have questions about, but Matt LaFleur did a pretty good job this year with the Packers running game, etc. Put this up one more time for those that maybe missed it. Aside from completion percentage, love beat Rodgers. Love this year to Rodgers last year, beat Aaron in every single category. Touchdowns, picks, yards, passer rating, QBR, yards per attempt, and record. And here the Packers are, a year off of Rodgers in the postseason. They won't go terribly far, but this has been a successful year for Green Bay. And here Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are, the same drama that Aaron has caused the Packers for years. And now the Jets are having to deal with it. Brian Gutekunst and Joe Douglas. I don't know if they're ever going to, maybe during the maybe next in a month and a half at the Combine, maybe Gutekunst and, and Douglas will cross paths at some point. I have to imagine Joe Douglas will, it could be a look, it could be a comment, it could be a statement that we'll probably never know. They'll say something to, to Gutekunst and say like, dang, you dealt with this for how long? I don't think there's an organization in sports that develops a player at their position better than the Packers develop quarterbacks. It is unreal. Now, is Love going to be Rodgers? Probably not. I'm talking about Rodgers' entirety of his career. Four MVPs, championship, probably not. But is he going to be a fringe top 10? I don't think he's top 10 now, but a fringe top 10 guy? I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Very interesting. All right. Uh, Patrick Brown. Packers have a bright future, but it still comes down to, I'll use the Tina Turner line, what's love got to do with it? That was terrible, guys. I'm sorry. Rest in peace, Tina Turner. We knew the guys bought into him during the offseason workouts. That told me it was a change of pace 
In a new era, Packers took leaps in 2023. No drama, shenanigans, or phony comments. Talk about a night and day season. Kudos to Jordan Love for weathering the storm. They're the biggest winners of 2023. I don't know if I totally agree with that, that they're the biggest winners of 2023, but they certainly can go home, whether it's Dallas or beyond that, whenever it's going to be, um, they, they, can, they can feel pretty good about whether as a franchise. You know, again, basically the same receiving core from... And by the way, this year's receiving core dealt with a lot of injuries. Dobbs was hurt. Christian Watts has been in and out of the lineup, that hamstring. Aaron Jones has been in and out of the lineup. Love has kept it steady. The floor has kept it steady. Packers kept it steady. You know, when you talk about value, I've said this for years on my show. When we talk about value, what is true value? This doesn't have to just apply to sports. This, this can apply to anything. Is it when you leave? What does the what does the company, your the entity, whatever you were with, the a per, it could be a purse, it could be a marriage. Where are they when you're gone? Did they really need you that much? You know, Shannon Sharp is a prime example of this. Sha I mean, Shannon Sharp's in the news for the the Cat Williams interview on Club Shay Shay and dominating him first take and nightcap with Ocho Cinco. And the old show, I won't go further than that. I'm just saying. You know how valuable you are based on where you were at and how they look without you. See, Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers, and there you go. Okay. Um, this is going to be fun. I'm, 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 looking, I'm, looking forward to, I'm looking forward to this. By the way, national title game in 45 minutes. Going to try and get these uh, these topics, uh, uh, discuss these topics, recap week 18 across the league. The games that matter, obviously, I'm not going to be talking a whole lot of Bengals-Browns because I didn't watch the game. And again, I'm not going to sit up here and act like I sat there and watched the game with the same intensity that I watched like Titans-Jaguars. More on Trevor Lawrence in about 10 minutes. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's talk about those Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you know, who could have seen this coming? Who could have seen this coming a month ago when Philadelphia had gotten blown out by San Francisco, gave up 42 points, blown out by Dallas, gave up 33 points. Their quarterback was hurt. Their coach seemed incompetent. The defense might actually be the worst in the NFL at that point. Oh, and by the way, the defense was so bad, they made a, co a coordinator change end of the year, last month of the year. Exactly, we wouldn't notice it with Matt Patricia coming in. Since that point, Philadelphia is 1-3. and three. And they now fell from 10 and 1 to 11 and 6 from the one seed and the best record in football to the five seed and going to Tampa Bay. Now, that game against Tampa Bay, which is going to be the Monday nighter next week, a week from today, a week from tonight, rather, on Monday Night Football. And that's going to be, that's going to be a Danny because Tampa's dealing with their own problems in terms of the health of their quarterback. Baker is, those ribs are clearly bothering Baker Mayfield right now. Hopefully, he can get healthy in a week. Um, but Jalen Hurts is in a whole lot better state physically. I mean, you saw he boogered up his finger, dislocated his finger, had to leave the game. It got to the point where Philadelphia saw what Dallas was doing to, to Washington, what the Giants were doing to them, pulled their starters. Now, who could have seen this coming? Because I could have sworn. It seemed like I remember picking the Cardinals to beat them last week and the, the Giants to beat them this week. That aside. Um, if Philly goes out in round one to Tampa Bay, which is entirely possible, Eagles, as we sit here tonight, are a three-point favorite against Tampa Bay. I, I expect that line to kind of fluctuate between somewhere between best case for Tampa, a point and a half, to best case for Philly, about three and a half. So it, it could swing within two points, depending on what the health of Hurts is, what the health of Baker is, other players. Uh, we'll see. But, my God, is the pressure not on Philadelphia on Monday night? 
Tampa Bay. What's the pressure on Tampa? Greatest quarterback ever retired. We replaced it with Baker Mayfield. Baker, statistically, and I love Brady, called Brady the greatest athlete in the history of team sports. Love Brady. Kind of, kind of like a love Rodgers syndrome. Baker this year, statistically, better than Brady last year. Baker comes in, steadies the ship, no pun intended, Buccaneers. Uh, Mike Evans has another great year. Defense shows up and shows out, and Tampa Bay doesn't think they're, oh, I shouldn't say they don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. They, I mean, they, 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 they want to win every game they play. Tampa Bay doesn't have Super Bowl expectations, but they got no pressure. They're at home. You know, the, the cannons will be firing in, in Tampa Bay. Beautiful stadium, by the way. Been there, love it. The fans are going to be great. And here comes Philadelphia. Beat up, awful defense, hurt quarterback. By the way, hurt receiver A.J. Brown, who looks to be fine for next Monday night, which is great news for him. And a coach who seems to be kind of running out of answers. And we know Nick Sirianni is somebody who give him the reins, give him the play calling duties, give him the more responsibilities you give him, the less it, the, the worse it gets. Something that I actually gave Sirianni, Sirianni a lot of love for last season, and even at points this year, is that it's kind of the Philadelphia Eagles mantra. It's why I love how the Eagles organization is run. Jeffrey Lurie knows what he's great at, defers the football decisions to Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman knows how to put a roster together. And this roster, the roster isn't the problem in Philly. Roster's good. D D defensively, they could use some reinforcements, no question. But in general, roster is about as good as it comes in the NFL, save for San Francisco, at least in their conference. He defers the coaching to Nick Sirianni. And Nick Sirianni deferred the play-calling duties to Shane Steichen, to Jonathan Gannon, both of which are no longer with the franchise. Jonathan Gannon with the Cardinals, who beat the Eagles last week, and Shane Steichen, who came within a dropped pass away from potentially making the playoffs, knocking out C.J. Stroud and the Texans. So Shane Steichen had a great year with Indianapolis. And Jonathan Gannon, all things considered, wasn't bad in Arizona either. Looks like Kyler's going to be there for the long haul as well. So all those things considered, the more responsibility Coach Nick Sirianni took on wasn't quite as smooth. Which is why I say, if they beat Tampa and lose to Dallas or San Francisco, they're a better team. Dallas has the better quarterback. Niners have the better team. Like, it'll be a disappointing year for Philly. It'll be an awful end to the season. There'll be a lot of questions. But you'll have to go on the road to Dallas. Dallas, Dallas has lost a road game since the Sunday after Labor Day in 2022. Okay, San Francisco is darn near un uh, unbeatable at home. And we saw what they did to Philadelphia back in what was it, whatever it was, week 13. And they have a way better roster and coach. They go down to Tampa Bay and lose. Sirianni's out of there. Like, Bryson, come on, Sirianni just made the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. You know who else made a Super Bowl? Andy Reid. Andy Reid won a Super Bowl. And he's gone. Got fired. Have one bad year in 2012. Eh, get out of here, Andy Reid. I know you're like the one of the best coaches, if not the best coach we've ever had. Get out of here. Bad year. We're going to get get out. Chip Kelly made the playoffs in 2013. Almost got back in 2014. Bad year in 2015. Get out of here, Chip Kelly. Doug Peterson. Okay, here's this. How about Doug Peterson? It's year two with St. Nick Foles at quarterback. Beat the greatest quarterback ever in his prime in the Super Bowl, and an argument can be made falls out played Brady. Won the Super Bowl in 2017. Made the playoffs, won a playoff game in 2018. With a beat-up roster, made the playoffs again in 2019. Down year 2020, eh, get out of there. You're telling me they wouldn't at least, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie don't at least consider it. 
Because the fact of the matter is, we talk about, oh, what's the most attractive job? Is it the Chargers? Is it the Raiders? Let me tell you something. If that job in Philly comes available, you tell me Jim Harbaugh won't at least talk to us. I don't know. If, I don't know if there's any animosity between Harbaugh and the Philly fans. We know how they can be. But you tell me Harbaugh isn't talking to his wife. I'm like, oh, that's a good job. Jalen Hurts and that O-line. And, man, if I could bring a good defensive coordinator, we can fix that defense. And, hey, the only team we ever really have to worry about in our division is Dallas. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Washington. And, ooh, that's, that's not a bad job. I mean, they just made the Super Bowl two years ago. That's, that's a pretty good job. Ben Johnson wouldn't at least consider it. I don't know. Philly goes down around one to t- Tampa Bay. I think Sirianni's out of there. Especially if it's a game where Tampa outplays Philadelphia. Say they win a game, it's like 27 to 17 or something. He's gone. You, you cannot end a season. I keep triggering my phone. Uh, S-I-R-I, if you know what I mean. Um, but you cannot end a season. Blown out against San Francisco. Blown out against Dallas. Giving up a 92-yard game-winning drive to Drew Locke. The backup in Seattle. Barely surviving the Giants, who benched their quarterback. Losing to the Cardinals, who were at three wins up to that point. Kyler played well, but still. And then losing by three scores in a game you were down 24-zip at halftime with an injured Tommy DeVito and an injured Tyrod Taylor. I was on this weeks ago. This is not a good football team. This is not a Super Bowl contender by any stretch of the imagination. You cannot compete for a Super Bowl if you're awful at something. Philadelphia's awful at defense. And frankly, because of the injury to their quarterback, they're not in a good spot offensively. By the way, play calling for Philly. Kind of dicey. It's sort of, it's a little, you know what it reminds me of? Reminds me a little bit of what we saw with Ken Dorsey with Josh Allen. Hey, Josh, save us. Make a play with your legs. It reminds me a little bit of that in Philly. Hey, Jalen Hurts, save us with your legs. Result, Jalen's beat up. Jalen's nowhere near what he was last year because he's hurt. Yeah, Philly have those, have, has themselves to blame in a lot of regard. Now, listen, the fact of the matter is when you're a great team, when you're a Super Bowl team like Philadelphia was last year, you're going to lose coordinators. I mean, in college football, Nick Saban's lost a lot of coordinators. Can you replace them, though? That's the tricky part. Sustained excellence is way harder than being a one-year wonder, one-hit wonder. You know, anybody can be Billy Ray Cyrus and have that one song. It's a lot harder to be Taylor Swift or Beyonce or... Drake, the great artist we know today. And uh, Philadelphia Nick Sirianni are finding that out the hard way. Saw this coming from a mile away, though. Saw it coming from a mile away. All right. Patrick, called it week one. The Eagles were fried in a cast iron skillet. It's beautiful karma from their fans screaming Super Bowl after each close win. Cry, baby birds cry. I love it. And, and again, by the way, Eagles fans are probably pissed at me right now, which, you know, I, I could have, you know. Eagles were mad, fans were mad at me last week. Oh, they've beaten all these good teams. That was two months ago, three months ago. I don't care about any of that. What have you done for me lately? Janet Jackson, you want to go in the playoffs hot. Philadelphia's going in, what is it, one and four in their last? No, actually, it might be worse. I apologize. One and five in their last six games. You want to go in the playoffs with momentum, and they don't have a, a, a drop of it. But it kind of goes to the old, uh, about to get in the Jaguars, just a second. Um, it kind of goes to, like, don't disrespect a great franchise. The reason I say that, remember when that guy, I don't remember the guy's name. I mean, who cares, honestly. Uh, for this Jaguars, who in Jacksonville went into Pittsburgh and won, and he used the terrible towel, and I think he, 
he used it to like act like he was like wiping his behind or something. He was disrespecting the terrible towel. And then due to the Jags loss, Pittsburgh got in. It's kind of like, uh, I don't believe in sports gods, but certain things just kind of, you know, what did Timberlake say? Goes around, comes back around. It's like a boomerang, boomerang effect. Well, what did Nick Sirianni do? Remember when he was smack talking the Kansas City fans? Sa- uh, sorry, the Monday before Thanksgiving? Don't disrespect great franchises. Don't disrespect the Pittsburgh Steelers. You better not disrespect that terrible talent. You better not do that. Okay? And do not disrespect the defending champions and the dynasty, the Kansas City Chiefs. That will come back to haunt you. In a very big way. Okay. Speaking of those Jaguars. This has been like a very up and down. It's one of those... I was so, so right on some things and so, so wrong on others. It's very, there's no in between. But that's that's what makes shows like this fun. I'm glad you're with us on this Monday. Oh, boy. Let's talk about Jacksonville. Let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, first of all, I'm obviously overjoyed that they lost because that means my Steelers got in the playoffs. Overjoyed they lost. By the way, let's just put, let's go in while we're at it. Let's just put my Steelers hat back on. Okay. Very glad they lost because had they won that game, Buffalo beat Miami, Steelers wouldn't be in the playoffs today. So thank you, Tennessee Titans, Mike Vrabel, and Derrick Henry. But Trevor Lawrence uh, wasn't great, was not great against Tennessee in a game where if the Jaguars won, they clinched the division. If they lost, their season was over, and Trevor went 29 to 43, 280, two touchdowns, two picks, passed ring in the low 80s, and a QBR below average at 41. Point nine. Trevor was far from unwatchable, but he also was far from great. He was kind of a little below average. Let's put it that way. Now, coming into this season, for those that may not know, I said Trevor Lawrence was the third best quarterback in football. I thought from what I, given what I'd seen in the second half of 2022, I thought there were two quarterbacks I'd undeniably take over Trevor. Mahomes, Burrow, who I still maintain. Those are the clear number one, two. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to Burrow. He's still, he's still my number two to Patrick. Uh, Joe, uh, Trevor Lawrence happened to also be my preseason MVP pick. The Jaguars in the preseason, I picked them to lose to the Chiefs in the AFC title game. Clearly, I was dead wrong about all of the above. This is, and it's going to be perceived as this, but I swear it's not. This is going to be perceived as me making excuses for Trevor. Oh, you're just covering for your guy. Or I'm just giving you evidence, I'm sorry, uh, Stats-based evidence. Coming into when the Jaguars were 8-3, and and they were on, in fuego, on fire. They were playing a Monday night football game against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Jake Browning-led Cincinnati Bengals were in a position where if they won that game at that point in the year, in week, whatever it was, week 14, to be the one seed in the conference. The one seed. And as, I'm sorry, it was week, it was week 13. I apologize, week 13. And um, as it turned out, they lost that game, lost their quarterback. And by the way, Jacksonville was unable to get a freaking card out there for their franchise guy because they were poorly run franchise. Can we check Trevor? Because Trevor suffered a terrible ankle injury against the Cincinnati Bengals, did not return. And I said the very next day, you can go back and check my show from, gosh, what would this have been? December... Sixth, check that show when I talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I said, sit Trevor at least the next two games. You're playing the stacked Browns defense led by Miles Garrett. You're playing the stacked Ravens defense the week after that. 
then you're playing Tampa Bay's defense, which if Trevor is is, is healthy, then you got to play him. But if he's not, wrestling against Tampa. Then you play in the last two against Carolina and Tennessee, clinch the division. But what they did was what desperate franchises who aren't terribly used to success often do. They played him against Cleveland. He got more injured. Played him against Baltimore. He not only got more injured, he got more, he got concussed. They played him the following week against Tampa Bay. Messed up his shoulder. Missed the next week. He's still beat up. Bad ankle, bad shoulder, and by the way, got concussed less than a month ago. And he played poorly when he when he absolutely could not when when the Jaguars needed him, him most, he did not come through. Can we check Trevor's numbers before the injury and after the injury? We can check this right here. Let's put this up, okay? Here's what we got. Trevor Lawrence. In the 12 games that he was healthy in, again, we're going we're to include the Bengals game because he was healthy for most of it. 14 touchdowns, 7 picks, completed about 68% of his passes, had a pass rating in the mid-90s, 7-point yards per attempt, and 4 rushing touchdowns, by the way, and led the Jaguars to an 8-4 and four record. We're in, in a great position, obviously, to win the AFC South, in a position to potentially get the one seed. After the injury, 7 touchdowns, 7 picks, completion percentage dipped from 68 to 60. That's like Cam Newton numbers. Pass rating dipped 20 points from 94 to 74. Yards per attempt dropped from 7.4 to 6.1. When Trevor was healthy, he had four rushing touchdowns. After he went down, did not have a single one. He went 8-4 and four in the games he was healthy, 0-4 oh in the games he was not. Are we just going to totally throw out the fact that maybe, just maybe, the injury contributed? Just like it contributed to Dak last year. Dak messed up his thumb week one against Tampa Bay. And through all those interceptions, everybody freaked out. Yeah, once Dak got healthy, and in the case of Dak, he needed a better play caller. I don't think I don't think Trevor needs a better play caller because Doug Peterson's excellent. But Dak needed a better play caller. Dak needed to get healthy. And what do you know? Dak's in all likelihood going to finish second to Lamar Jackson for the most valuable player. Jalen Hurts finished second for most valuable player a year ago. Comes into this season, got hurt early on, hasn't looked like the same player. This is not an excuse, but to sit up here and act like to sit up here and act like that, that the injury contributed none. Uh, if you're healthy enough to go out there, well, that applies, I think, in many cases. But when you go from deadly accurate to can't hit the broad side of a barn, that didn't just happen because you forgot how to play football. When Trevor came into that game against Cincinnati, uh, yeah, against Cincinnati, nine touchdowns in the previous three games. He was starting to heat up just like he did a year ago when Pro Football Focus said he was the third-best quarterback behind Mahomes and Burrow. And I'm hearing the discussion, hey, should the Jaguars this offseason, should they pay Trevor Lawrence? Well, you got any better options? What, what, do, you, what do you suggest Jacksonville does? They can draft one of the young guys in, the, in, in this upcoming NFL draft in April. Bo Nix, maybe Michael Penix slips. I hope he slips on my Steelers. Uh, or Jaden Daniels, potentially. But those are unknowns. You know what you have in Trevor when healthy. Let this be a lesson to the Jacksonville Jaguars and hopefully for the rest of the NFL. As the old saying goes, a, a wise man learns from the mistakes of others, a fool learns from his own. Let the rest of the NFL see what the Jacksonville Jaguars just did to Trevor Lawrence in the last month. Even to a certain degree, what the Bengals did with Burrow when Burrow got hurt in training camp and was not healthy in week one, but they played him anyway. And he ended the season injured. You come into a season hurt, you're going to leave the season hurt.
you don't man your organization doesn't manage the injury the way they're supposed to, you're going to collapse physically by the end. And that's what happened with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if nobody else, if nobody else is going to be on the Trevor Lawrence Island, knock yourself out. That's 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 your right. And by the way, anybody who wants to throw that dart to Trevor for the next eight months, feel free. I'm not going anywhere. Do I think he's still the third best quarterback league? Yeah, probably gonna have to move off that position. <laughs> Lamar's definitely surpassed him. Dak surpassed him. Allen. Then we can start arguing about Hurts and Herbert and guys like that. But he's he's, he's not number three. He is not number three. The sip here act like the the Jacksonville Jaguars mismanagement of his injury, which I called for. This is not revisionist history. Go back and look. I called from the jump when he went down. Tack like that just didn't factor is intellectually dishonest. And you are ignoring that point just to make your point because you either didn't like Trevor or you're a prisoner of the moment, whatever the case may be. The injury, sorry, injuries, ankle, concussion at one point, shoulder injury. So it played no factor. Played no factor at all? Well, the numbers say quite the opposite. Once again, before he, got, before he got injured, 14 touchdowns passing, four rushing touchdowns, seven picks, completed 67.9% of his passes, had a pass rating of 94.4, 7.4 yards per attempt, and led the Jacks to an 8-4 record. After he went down, seven touchdowns passing, no rushing touchdowns, seven interceptions, Completion percentage dropped from 67.9 to 60. Pass rating from 94 to 74. Yards per attempt, 7.4 to 6.1. And went 0-4 as a starter. I'm going to go out and let us say the injury had something to do with that. There you go. All right. Okay, by the way, this just came in. Speaking of the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, this says, if I can pull this up here, uh, according to Ian Rappaport, the Jaguars have fired defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell. And Jacksonville's defense did not play well at uh, the latter part of the season. So you have that as well. So there you go. All right. By the way, you've got a lot of head coaching vacancies uh, that are potentially to come. Obviously, we're, we're awaiting what happens in Foxborough with the Patriots. Uh, I am almost certain, actually not almost certain, I said in Friday's show 100% certain that the Belichick had coached his last game against the Jets. I still maintain that. I don't think he's going to give up power. It, it's that the, the absolute power corrupts absolutely quote does not apply here. But often those who who have had all the power for the last you know, two and a half decades, which Belichick has had, they're not just going to give it up without a fight, so to speak. So my guess is Belichick is out. Let's re quickly recap the rest of Week 18 in the National Football League. What do we got here? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> How do we start week 18? With the Steelers beating the Ravens. Let's go. Put the terrible towel on. Come on. What are we doing? Let's get the terrible towel on for the for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, let's give me problems here. All right, there we go. All right. So listen, I know it was ugly. It was terrible weather. It's the worst kind of weather, honestly, right? Cold, windy, and wet. So it's the worst kind of weather you could possibly ask for. And that's exactly what it was like in Baltimore, Maryland. It's listen, this weekend, this past weekend, this upcoming weekend is gonna be freaking cold on the East Coast, you know, around the country in some respects. But listen, went to Baltimore. Did we play their backups? Of course we did. But guess what? In week five, we beat you straight up with our starters. So Baltimore fans, zip it. Okay, so we came in. Wasn't pretty. It rarely is with Pittsburgh. Wish to God Tomlin would draft a quarterback this offseason and move on for Kenny Pickett because he ain't the best quarterback on his own team. 
But nonetheless, 155 yards rushing. 112 of them come, came on the legs of Najee Harris, who had a touchdown rushing. And Mason Rudolph getting the job done. Touchdown pass. Playing a good game manager role. That's what Mason is. Don't ask Mason to do too much. But if you, if you ask him to play kind of that game manager type role, you can win games. But the fact that Steelers beat the Ravens on the road without George Pickens having a single, forget catch, target. Let's put it this way. You're going to have to get in the ball a lot against Buffalo this, this upcoming Sunday. In Buffalo, you have to get in the ball. But Deontay Johnson, who's been up and down. I've been on Deontay Johnson all season. We needed him to make a play. We needed number 18 to make a play. First play of the fourth quarter, bam, 71 yards to the house. It was a great throw by Mason. Had the, against the perfect coverage. Johnson took it to the house, and we were able to ride that momentum to a 17-10 win. The downside, the crappy downside, is the fact that T.J. Watt is probably out on Sunday, which... Obviously, any chance we had it win that game just plummeted a lot. Uh, Buffalo, I think Buffalo is favored against Pittsburgh, minus 10. No, it's went back down into minus 9.5. It'll kind of hover on that 9.5, 10, 10 area. I'll tell you this, if TJ Watt was playing 8.5, 9, I mean, it'd be, it'd be, it wouldn't be 9.5, I can tell you that much. Uh, TJ Watt is the, by the way, can I just say this, the runaway, runaway defensive player of the year. And anybody who thinks otherwise, A, hadn't checked the stats, and B, didn't watch the games. Steelers, with that win and the Titans win, thank you very much, Tennessee. We are in the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? Uh, Indianapolis falling to Houston, 23-19. CJ Stroud, nothing short of spectacular. 20-26, couple touchdowns, including a 75-yard bomb to Nico Collins. Was it 79, 75 yards? It might have been 80 yards on the first play of the game. 75 yards. Uh, excuse me, to Nico Collins, first play of the game, first play from scrimmage for Houston. And uh, they rode that momentum. Pat, by the way, he had a pass rating of 134, which is phenomenal, and a QBR of 88, which is equally phenomenal. But CJ was excellent. What a great season for, for, for the Texans. They get a home playoff game against Cleveland. Cleveland's on the road, a, a favorite. We'll see what happens in that game. I'll predict it in Friday's show. But they're kind of in the same spot as the Packers, where, they, and by the way, their expectations were way lower than Green Bay. Like they didn't know what they had in CJ Stroud. They liked him. They liked what they saw at Ohio State. That's why they took him second of all. They didn't know what they had in him. And he comes out and has probably the greatest season we've ever seen from a rookie quarterback ever. Uh, certainly will be the runaway offensive rookie of the year. And Indianapolis due to Gardner Minshew and um and my man, what's his name? Tyler Goodson not being able to connect uh, on fourth down. Indianapolis lost the game. Uh, Shane Steichen took a dig at his quarterback uh, in the moment. But listen, it's football. It happens. And Houston... With that win, got into the playoffs, and with the Jags' loss, won the division. So congrats to Houston. Congrats to D'Amico Ryans. He has a, as good of a case as anybody to be the coach of the year. And C.J. Stroud, hats off, my man. How, how about that? Great, great stuff. Patrick Brown, he says, C.J. Stroud, love the young man. I don't know who, who doesn't. He's, he's, a, he's amazing. Buccaneers, an ugly win, but nonetheless a win and a division title, 9 to nothing against the Carolina Panthers. Listen, Baker is out there clearly battling the shoulder injury. I'm sorry, the... um. The rib injury, but listen, do or die game. You had to have him out there. And Baker played, um, listen, Baker didn't lose the game, and that was kind of the, the mindset for for the Tampa Tampa Bay Bucks. You're playing a bad Carolina team, a Carolina team with literally nothing to play for, and you come in and take care of business. So Tampa wins that game. Tampa wins the NFC South for the third year in a row. They'll host Philadelphia. We'll see how that plays out. The props to the Buccaneers, and as for the Panthers, they went their last eight quarters without scoring a single point. I hate to be the guy to say this, but the Panthers have not scored since Christmas Eve. Not touched, not scored touchdowns, scored a period since Christmas Eve. And that streak will obviously extend into week one of, of next season. 
Needs, not only do you need coaching change, you need personnel change, you need roster change. It's getting pretty bad. Uh, Bengals beat the Browns, didn't watch the game because it didn't mean anything, but uh, props to Jake Browning because uh, stats say he played pretty well. Detroit beat Minnesota 30-20. to It was a good from win for Detroit. Again, only, only way that game meant anything to the Lions is that they could potentially get the three seed. Uh, they could with a Dallas loss, but that was pretty unlikely given that Dallas was facing Washington. Jared Goff was good, passed rating uh, over 100 at QBR in the 80s. Q, right, QB, yeah, QBR in the 80s. Uh, they did, however, lose Sam Laporta. I'm not sure what his status is right now, but Sam Laporta got hurt in this game, which could be potentially devastating because Sam Laporta is the greatest rookie tight end I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Dan Campbell, this this is, okay, this is according to Dan Campbell, head coach of the Lions. Uh, coach Dan Campbell said today that Sam Laporta has an outside shot to play in next Sunday's wildcard game against the Rams. So that's, that's an interesting one. So obviously praying for Sam Laporta that he gets gets better soon because man he's he had a phenomenal rookie greatest rookie tight end season maybe ever and uh detroit's kind of limping in the playoffs but nonetheless they're going to the playoffs so this could be the last time this season i i i play this clip i i hope not but here you go uh dan campbell oprah what happened yesterday kneecap 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 kneecaps were bitten against the vikings minnesota knocked out of the playoffs listen when you're playing four quarterbacks you got Cousins going down, and my man Space Dobbs trying to make it happen. Then he faded into the, into the distant memory, and Nick Mullins. Like, it was when, you're, when you, you play four quarterbacks, unless you're the Cleveland Browns, evidently. Uh, it's very, very hard to make the playoffs, but Minnesota will be back. And assu- I assume Kirk Cousins will probably be back in 2024. I don't think they'd have Kirk out there shirtless uh, doing the skull chant last week. If Kirk wasn't coming back next year, obviously he's a free agent. So it appears that'll be the case. Jets beat the Patriots 17 to three. What was in all likelihood Belichick's last game as a Patriots coach. Uh, I don't think that's, uh, I think that's all but, all but assured, but how about the New England Patriots? My Lord, 119 yards of offense, which is the low of any Belichick team in Foxborough. Ever. Uh, the Jets taking care of business. 185 yards rushing for them. And Belichick, who had not lost to the Jets since week 16 of the 2015 season, lost to the Jets. And would it would that not be something? Belichick's coaching career in New England ends with a loss to a team that he hates more than anybody. And that's the New York Jets. So quite something. Saints beat the Falcons. Controversy coming out of that game with Jameis Winston, who is in a a a victory formation. But then at the at the last second, he decided to hand it off and the Saints. Ended up uh, adding to the score, which ended up being a throttling 48-17 to over the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta, by the way, firing Arthur Smith today. I could see them potentially going after uh, Ben Johnson. I think that'd be a great, great hire for them, especially with their offensive weapons, if they draft a quarterback as well. But listen, everybody's freaking out on Jameis Winston, and I get Jameis has had some maturity issues. My mindset is this. It, it, it comes out of this. In that situation, would I have taken an E? Yeah, I just, I'm just i going to take an E. I want to go home. I want to Get the W, go home, see what happens with the other games that day. But ultimately, when you get punked the way Atlanta got punked, don't be mad that you get punked even more. Okay, don't don't. If you don't like it, don't put yourself in that position. Nick Saban has one of the greatest examples of this ever. Nick Saban used the example. He said they were losing. It was like the Iron Bowl. There was one of Saban's first Iron Bowls when they were playing Auburn, and Auburn was way better than Alabama that year. And the Tigers were up two touchdowns, maybe more than that, on Alabama, and had a were in position to take an E, burn the clock out, game over. Instead, in the red zone, they ran the ball and got another touchdown. And Bama fans, college football fans, how classless of Auburn. And Nick Saban after the game said, I mean, we 
we got ourselves to be mad at. We don't like that. Go out there and stop them. That's the mindset of a winner. That's the mindset of a champion. So any, I, I don't like the, the shade being thrown at Jameis Winston. Would I have done it? No. Would I have bucked what the coach said? Definitely not. But at the same time, you get humiliated and embarrassed like Atlanta. Day. And then Arthur Smith had the audacity to go at Dennis Allen after the game and get up in his face like, bro, have some shame, my man. You lost by 30 points, okay? Uh, chill. And Arthur Smith got fired today. Uh, ben Johnson would be a great hire, though. Again, I maintain for Atlanta. Tennessee beating Jacksonville. Thank you very much, Tennessee. As a Tennessean, not a Titans fan, but a Tennessean, very, very big-time thank you to, to the Titans, to Coach Rabel, to Derrick Henry playing his last game for the Titans and going out with a bang. 153 yards uh, rushing, eight yards of carry, and rushed for a touchdown that game. Ryan Tannehill played solid as well. A couple touchdowns to the air. DeAndre Hopkins uh, caught one of them. Listen, disappointing year for Tennessee. It feels like the Titans are about to go into kind of a rebuild. Derrick Henry will join whoever the highest bidder is. We assume this offseason of free agency in a couple months. But um, thank you very much, Titans, because if y'all won that game, uh, Steelers would be out. So thank you very much, Tennessee. Seahawks beat the Cardinals, survived at the end. A game, game at nothing for Seattle uh, because of the fact that Green Bay won. But listen, 9-8 season for Seattle. I... I I would at least consider strongly taking a quarterback in the draft. I like Geno. I don't think Geno is a franchise quarterback. I know he led the league in pass reading last year, dealt with some injuries this year, but I simply don't think he's the... If Seattle wants to get back to compete for Super Bowls, he's not the answer. If they can want to compete for playoff spots, he can get them there. He got them there last year, almost got them there this year. But um, yeah, that's a rough loss for the... Or, sorry, rough spot for Seattle to miss the playoffs, although they did get the win yesterday against Arizona. And looks like the Cardinals are going to run it back with Kyler, and don't blame him. Chiefs beat the Chargers 13-12. Didn't watch the game, so I won't comment on it, but got uh, good news for the Chiefs. Raiders beat the Broncos 27-14. Didn't watch that game either. Um, but props to, uh, what's his name? And uh, Antonio Pierce for putting himself in position to potentially be the, the lead guy. And the locker room loves him in, in Vegas, so maybe he ends up getting the job and certainly uh, rooting for him to, to do just that. Uh, Eagles beat the Giants. to talk about that game. Rams beating the Niners. How about Carson Wentz? Listen, I've been a Carson Wentz skeptic Ironically, the very first segment I ever did on the show, October 21st, 2019, first episode of Carving It Up, and the very first segment was a Wentz versus Dak. Because remember that was the thing, Wentz is better than Dak. I'm like, no, he's not. I've always been a Wentz skeptic, but props to him, man. It, I'll tell you, Sean McVay, Sean McVay is like the, what's a good example? I don't want to say like the, the he's, he's like the, Y'all ever seen the cartoon? I know we just got done with Christmas season. Y'all ever seen the cartoon version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Uh, and there's that, like, there's that, like, lion with wings, and he's, like, the king. He's got this crown, and he's, like, the... He basically runs the island. That's Sean McVay. The Island of Misfit Toys. That's, I mean, Goff worked with McVay, but Goff's good. Stafford worked with McVay, but Stafford's amazing. Baker was done in the NFL. Went to L.A., played well. Look at Baker now. Wentz looked to be kind of done. I know it's one game. I know the Niners didn't play everybody. Carson Wentz played pretty darn well yesterday in San Francisco and do that win. We get, my Lord, we get Rams, I'm sorry, Rams, Bucks, Rams, Lions in round one. How, again, then I'll get into the Michigan-Washington national title game. But this is, this, this uh, wild card weekend schedule might be the best I've ever seen, honestly. Cleveland, Houston. Now, Houston obviously is the better quarterback, and they're obviously the better story with C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans. But Cleveland with that defense, but they're on the road. They 
beat up Houston a few weeks ago, but Stroud didn't play that game. That's a fun one. Dolphins, Chiefs, that boy, Miami couldn't be in a worse spot right now. They end the season playing their worst football. They're beat up. Their confidence is low. And they have to go to Kansas City. Miami, warm weather team. I got to go to Kansas City in a game where at kickoff, it's going to be zero outside. Zero degrees Fahrenheit. That definitely plays in the Chiefs' favor. Again, my Steelers go to Buffalo. I'm not saying the... I'm not saying we're going to win. I'm just saying there's a chance we'll win. Packers-Cowboys, they've had some great playoff battles in the past. That'll be a fun one. Rams-Lions, to me, is my favorite game of the week. I cannot wait to watch that game. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be so good. Stafford versus his old team. You guys know I've been on the Lions since the offseason. I bought stock of the Rams a couple months ago. Man, that's going to be a fun one. Cannot the Good for the NFL for making that the Sunday night game. And that's going to be a blast. And then the Eagles-Buccaneers should be very, very interesting in Tampa Bay, Florida on the Monday night playoff game. So that'll be that'll be a doozy as well. Very, very excited for, for the playoffs. We are 18 weeks, man, and we've gotten to this point. Should be a very, very fun month and three days uh, in the NFL postseason. Should be, should be a blast, no doubt. All right. Shifting. It's been a, it's been an NFL heavy show, but the college football season will conclude tonight in Houston, Texas, the home of Texans. The it's the final time I can say these words. Pac-12 champion Washington Huskies undefeated against a team out of a conference, the Big Ten. A conference Washington will join next season. The Michigan Wolverines. Number one versus number two. Undefeated versus undefeated. This is what it's supposed to be, ladies and gentlemen. The Michigan Wolverines. A five and a half point favorite in Houston. Obviously a neutral site game. Michigan looking for another national title. They have not won since the mid-90s. Washington has not won since the early 90s. So to both long droughts. Uh, not crazy droughts relative to us. Some other teams, but long droughts. Uh, basically three decades long, essentially, more or less, for both of these programs. So, the fun thing for me in this game is the fact that, again, very, very different styles of play. And that's what I loved about the playoff coming in, is that Michigan versus Alabama, two hard-nosed, physical teams. And Michigan, I feel like, was more talented. They would get the edge when it was all said and done. Texas-Washington, totally different. You know, uh, four wide, throw the ball over the all over the yard in New Orleans, and ultimately the team with the better quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. and the Washington Huskies, pulled out at the end. But you got two great coaches. Jim Harbaugh, who 1,000%, I can tell you via sources, this is his last game in, the national, in, in college football. He is leaving Michigan this offseason. He is going to be a head coach in the NFL in 2024. He's coming back to the league. Kalen DeBoer, the same cannot be said about it. Kalen DeBoer is about as good of a coach as you can find in college football. I personally think he's one of the five best in the sports. You could throw out Nick Saban. You could throw out Jim Harbaugh. Anybody you want, Kirby Smart. This guy, Kalen DeBoer, is absolutely in that class, in that category, in that ilk. Washington clearly has the better quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. That's no disrespect to, to J.J. McCarthy, but Penix has been nothing short of phenomenal this year. And I think he's the second-best quarterback in this upcoming draft to Caleb Williams. Michigan is the better running game and the better defense. I ain't this the game. Five and a half. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Five and a half feels like a lot to me. If it were more like three and a half, I'd love it. I'd be all over Michigan. Five and a half. Ugh, I don't, if this were an NFL game, this would be Bryce's bleak bet. Like, I'd feel very, very iffy taking Michigan minus five and a half. So I'm not going to. I'm going to take Washington plus five and a half. But ultimately, when it's all said and done, 
I think it's going to be a kind of a similar situation as we saw when Michigan played Alabama last week. And by the way, Washington's offensive line significantly better than Alabama, so Michigan's going to have a little bit more of a challenge in terms of getting to Michael Penix Jr., who I think will play well by and large in this football game. But be only one champion. And when it's all said and done, the champion of college football, as I predicted before the season started, will be the Michigan Wolverines, led by head coach Jim Harbaugh. After all they've been through, after all the nonsense, all the the, the bogus scandals, it will be the Wolverines as the last team standing. Jim Harbaugh leads Michigan to a national title. My man, Michael Penix Jr., shout out to him. I love you, man. I think you're going to be a dog in the NFL. But not today. Michigan, the national champions. Again, I I say once again, as I predicted before the season began, Michigan 27, Washington 23. I will, however, take the Huskies and the points. Five and a half feels like a lot. I'm not going to lie to y'all. That that, that feels like we're pushing it. National title game happens to kick off in five minutes. So I'm going to go and get upstairs or downstairs or wherever I'm at. I'm downstairs right now uh, in my studio. But go wherever the game's on, okay? Watch some college football and... Enjoy this national title game between two Big Ten teams, and that's a conference, ladies and gentlemen. I say this as an SEC guy. At conference with the new addition, with the new additions, probably going to take over college football. Just going to tell you right now. Michigan in Jim Harbaugh's swan song gets the W, and they will be your national champions. That is all the time here for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by, as always. Be sure to catch Carve Me Up Live on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time, right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network YouTube channel. Of course, be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button. It helps the channel grow exponentially, trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by Super Bowl 58, which is February the 11th, so a month. And three days away, I believe we can get to the 1,000. If you have subscribed, thank you. Thank you so much for your love and your support and for clicking that big red subscribe button. Please, please, please tell your friends and your family and everybody you know and love about it to subscribe to Carving It Up Live and build this channel. If you haven't subscribed, hey, just takes a couple seconds if you're on YouTube. Right down there, red button says subscribe. Hit it, and you're part of, car- of the Carving It Up family. Absolutely. Just as important, go subscribe to the Green Network. That is G-R-Y-D, the Grid Podcast Network, right here on YouTube, as well as any and everywhere you get your favorite podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, any and everywhere you get your favorite podcast. We've got some awesome content creators uh, on all audio platforms and on YouTube. Every, anywhere you get your, your audio content, video content, we are there, the Grid Network, social media, etc. And, of course, check out our Grid Network website. Uh, we have some great pieces by my man Patrick Brown uh, on their Grid Network uh, the Grid Network website, gridnetwork.com, and the Grid Network's YouTube channel, and Apple and Spotify, and anywhere that you get your favorite podcast. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. All right. Fun national title game tonight. Once again, Michigan 27, Washington 23. The Wolverines will be your national t- uh, champions, as I predicted this past August. But who's keeping count of that? I'll see you all on Wednesday. Stay safe out there. Please be sure to take care of your physical as well as your mental health. And, of course, please, please, please be sure to contact your local state representatives and senators to demand change for gun violence here in America. This is a problem that we have to address, no doubt about it. See you all then. Wednesday night, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific. A lot of NFL, national ch- championship game prediction. I'm sorry, a reaction, rather. And can my Warriors win a game? Only time will tell. See y'all then. Stay safe out there. God bless you all. Peace out. And shout out Jim Harbaugh, man.
Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube, and be sure to go click that big red subscribe button and check out the other clips and full shows from Carving It Up Live as well as our other incredible content creators here on The Grid Network.